Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source of info for insights and best practices in digital health and digital transformation. Join host Patty Padmanabhan, CEO of Demo Consulting and co-author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how technology, consumerism, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with leading practitioners of healthcare and technology. Hello again, and welcome back to this episode of the Big Unlock Podcast. My special guest today is someone who leads digital for one of the largest managed Medicaid services organizations in the country. And what that means in terms of the constraints, the unique population needs, and all of the innovation that needs to go into serving a population that is underserved and vulnerable in many ways is a fascinating story. Without any further ado, let's jump into the conversation. And before that, a quick shout out to our partners and sponsors, Be Well. I am thrilled to be here with Anika Garenheim, Chief Digital Officer at Centene Corporation. Anika, what a pleasure it is to have you on our show and welcome. Thank you. Okay, let's jump right in. Give us a little bit of your background and your role at Centene, what it entails for the benefit of our listeners. Absolutely. So my background is uh, a registered nurse. I'm a clinician uh, by training formally and have had the great fortune of uh, transitioning into clinical informatics uh, several years ago and then moving into roles that are were progressively more at the intersection of business and uh, technology and, and really uh, working in that function of being a uh, intermediator, translator, facilitator, <laughs> bringer together, and have been uh, really fortunate to, to join Centene as the chief digital officer responsible for holistically uh, digital solutions and products and really driving us toward an even more data-driven organization. And so uh, really have enjoyed uh, working with the senior leadership team and helping to work through alignment thinking about work around objectives and key results and, and how do we support the organization holistically and putting our collective efforts toward making the business more efficient and, and providing ongoing consistent value to our customers. So yeah, it's really a fun job and it's different every day and, and absolutely fulfilling and humbling to serve the membership that we serve very specifically. And Centene is the largest managed Medicaid provider in the country. That said, how does being a predominantly Medicaid-focused organization drive digital priorities? And, and can you talk to us a little bit about what your top priorities are in your role? Absolutely. So I think a couple of things. One, really thinking about how we identify our customer segments as a large uh, managed Medicaid organization Really also thinking about the fact that we, while we are a large managed Medicaid organization, we have an Ambetter product, we have a Medicare product, and how we think about supporting our customers. But holistically, we serve the most vulnerable populations, and they typically have very specific needs from a digital perspective. And so we think very specifically about how we look at things like digital literacy, how we think about the endpoint devices that our applications might be on that might look different how we think about supporting 
closing the digital divide in really specific ways in order to support our membership and really support how we provide uh, digital tools and technologies from a rural health perspective. And so a couple of things for us is when we are building out personas in order to build uh, digital tools, which those of you in this space will will know uh, how much time you spend doing that, we think specifically about our Medicaid population and ensuring that their situations and their representation really shows up in the personas that we're building. We also think differently about how we do uh, customer research. We know that our membership uh, specifically isn't always those that you find responding to surveys. So how do you build out competency around ethnography and other types of ways to really understand the membership uh, becomes really important in the work that we're doing. And so one of the things that I think is really sort of our team's responsibility and the responsibility uh, specifically uh, for Centene is to ensure that our membership specifically, our uh, very vulnerable populations show up in healthcare's digital transformation. And oftentimes we're developing tools to be very transparent for middle America. And it's not that we shouldn't necessarily do that, but it's making sure that for all of us who really need those tools, that we are thinking very specifically about how we also provide access to them in ways that meet people where they are. Yeah. What is fascinating about your comments is that you touched on a number of things that are not directly, you know, related to what most of us tend to think of as digital. You know, you talked about engineering at the endpoint device level to take into account the specifics of your population demographics. You talked about the digital divide and, you know, underneath that, there's obviously the issues around social equity and health equity and all of those related factors, which you didn't explicitly state, but I'm assuming that those are all Absolutely. wrapped up, wrapped up in the overall strategy that, that you go after. So can you help us understand and appreciate this better by giving us maybe one or two examples of programs that you've launched based on all the research that you, you talked about and all of the background of your populations? No, absolutely. I think a a couple of things would be work that we've done really to support, for example, uh, digital care management as a highlight, right? So when we think about uh, digital care management and how we really support our population specifically, how do we think about What's the minimum necessary to qualify for digital care management? How do you onboard that membership specifically? How do you do things like assess the level of digital literacy to make sure that you're able to provide those services in a way that's specific and unique to that population? How do you support vendors, quite frankly, who might not have uh, really thought about this membership first (laughs) in order to adapt the products and solutions that they're offering to make sure that it's providing the best highest possible value to this membership in a very unique way. And so I would say that's one of the things that we think about and often are applying a very unique lens, right, to being able to do that. And then you start to think about, for example, what are some of the things actually regulatory-wise that we are doing in order to really support our membership that might look different? How does an organization like ours respond to the No Surprises Acts and, and transparency rules when we think about trying to provide a really specific explanation of benefits or other types of tools and services to this membership that might not have been really catered to historically? And so what does that need to look like? Again, when I talk about endpoint device, 
devices, it comes down to you know, how do I need to think about how heavy that application is in order to be able to ensure that it's going to be able to be valuable on all of the endpoint devices that it might show up on for our membership. And so it's those types of things that I think, or, or two of the programs that I think we are laser focused on that are really helping us ensure that we are taking into account the work that we're doing specifically for our membership. I also want to just be honest that part of the reason that I love what I get to do at Centene very specifically is because the reality is is that when you develop for the most vulnerable, you make work for everyone. And so you really have the opportunity to devise simplicity and create consistency in the experience that will work for the whole because you've actually thought about those who have the most needs. And it really creates opportunities for us to have impact in a truly exponential way because we've designed solutions for those who have really specific needs for the ways that they're going to use them. I love everything you said. You talked about digital literacy, you talked about digital care management. And when it comes to care management, obviously you're partnering with healthcare providers to deliver the care that these vulnerable populations need. What does that collaboration look like? Can you give us one or two examples of how you partner with providers who are focused on the Medicaid population in particular to deliver these whatever, you know, bandwidth light or you know, application light solutions or whatever the case may be? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things that if you've heard Sarah London, our CEO, talk, she's really talked very specifically about how we will partner with provider groups. Specifically, I think about uh, FQHCs. How do you wrap services and support around them? Places that our members very specifically are going to receive care. And so there are a couple of things. One, we think about those who are providing community services and how do we support them from a data perspective, from a data integration perspective? How do we support our federally qualified health centers from a data perspective? How do we think about the future of risk, right? And how do we support those value-based care models for our most vulnerable provider groups separately from FQs, but those who are really thinking about how to be comfortable um, taking risks? How do we support them in understanding contract arrangements? Because we know that when it comes to uh, social determinants, quite frankly, when it comes to risk that we see in differences in care around race and ethnicity, that if we can keep those providers providing care and support them and keep them in the communities that they serve, that they serve and provide better outcomes for those populations. And so really thinking about in very specific ways, how do we provide partnership? How do we think about being able to provide digital solutions and products to them? But also how do we support support them and thinking about how to manage panels, how to take on risk, and are we supporting them and supplying the right data and digital tools at the point of care to help them continue to really impact outcomes for that membership. And I think that the organization is doing a really good job of that. And I think that we are laser focused on continuing to build out capabilities that will explicitly support the very close relationship between the provider, the member slash patient slash consumer, however you want to title them moving forward. Let's take a quick break. And I'd like to acknowledge our partners and sponsors, Be Well. And if you like this podcast, rate us on whatever favorite podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're interested in listening to the archives, visit us at thebigunlock.com. With that, back to the conversation. 
And typically, when you talk about these populations, you're talking about a, a bundle of things that fall into the needs category. So you obviously mentioned the devices and the endpoints and the applications as a technology side of it. But they may be living in areas which are bandwidth deserts or transportation deserts or food deserts. Uh, how do you wrap all of that? In a, can you give us an example of how you've done that successfully with any of your population segments? Yes. So we have an incredible number of value added benefits, benefits around transportation services and food services. I would call out, for example, we have programs, for example, in our, in our North Carolina health plan, where we have forums where we actually bring members in to also have them give input into what some of the most important things are, how we provide differentiated services to the community. And so I think it's also important that when we think about those types of services, that we understand from the member's perspective what's really most important to me, so to them, so that they can really get an opportunity to provide that type of input. So there are a couple of things. One, it's really understanding what's available from a community services perspective. And is it something that we need to provide directly or is there an opportunity to support a community-based service that's already in existence, but may actually just need some left? And then when we think about how we provide some of those additional benefits around transportation or food and you know partnerships with uh, companies like Lyft to be able to support transportation, partnerships with being able to provide uh, healthy food services or being able to send out, for example, a food truck to a community event to provide more uh, gatherings and or, quite frankly, just combat loneliness are things that I think we see as a part of our entire benefit model. And I think it's really the value that we provide as a managed care organization, right? It's the care component of that that is really most important. And I think the work that we do and the relationships that we build with our members, really understanding how we engage them, how we involve them in their care, that really is the crux of what we're trying to do. I'd say that our medical director team, our population health and clinical operations teams, and I think the role that we have from a digital perspective, not only in supporting our our members and providers, but in supporting the entirety of the care team here at Centene, right? All of the people who are involved in providing that care and surround to the member is really important, which is why when we think about our customers, we think of the consumer, the provider, but we also think of ensuring that we understand the care manager who's supporting them, the utilization management nurse, the pharmacist who's supporting them, and how are we supporting those customers who surround the member as well. And of course, the third leg of the stool, if you will, is the technology technology vendor community that is coming up with the innovation and the solutions. And you made a comment earlier on in the conversation that led me to think that you'd like to see a little bit more innovation coming from the technology vendor community that is targeted specifically at your population. Care to elaborate on that? For sure. I think that when we look at how we think about consumer research, especially when we're thinking about innovating and how we're developing uh, tools and services, making sure that you have a representative population, making sure that you're testing those solutions across the spectrum of healthcare, uh, making sure that you're thinking about it from a wellness perspective and from a care delivery perspective, and you're testing in the rural setting, and you have you know an ethnically uh, representative population for understanding use and language changes and all of those things, I think is incredibly important. I would say that one of the things that I think is one of the greatest opportunities that we have from a digital perspective is to start to self-govern. 
for lack of a better term, really thinking about the impact that we have on people, especially for those of us who are blessed to work in the healthcare space. When I think about the impact that we have on people, in all honesty, I think about that being as significant as, quite frankly, big pharma. And I think about the amount of rigor that it really takes to ensure that we are doing no harm. And I think that we have a very specific responsibility to ensure that we are thinking about digital ethics and research and rigor and thinking about representative populations and the solutions that we're developing to ensure that we are able to provide that access to care, which now includes uh, digital health to everyone who needs it and should have it. What about data and analytics? You mentioned this as well. I mean, you talked a lot about the consumer research and understanding the you know, demographics and uh, ethnographics and so on. What about analytics in terms of just care management? And by the way, Apixio, which is one of your portfolio companies that you acquired a, a few years ago, their CEO was on my podcast a while back. He talked about some of it, but as a user of his services, as a consumer of his services, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you're deploying all of the capabilities that you've acquired to serve your populations. No, absolutely. I I think when we think about big data, contextual data, artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's such an important part of the work that we are doing today and such an incredible part of the work that we will continue to do and quite frankly, help us to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to be able to supply things like a net specs action to a care manager, to be able to ensure that interventions are most highly aligned, to do things like make sure we understand what is the most important benefit to provide to a, t- a particular population, maybe by geography, or maybe there's a group who has another type of similarity and we are using data to really help us understand that. I think there is a know me component around data that is so important. Just when we think about consistency and how we supply the entirety of the team that is going to surround the individual at the center to make sure that they know the things that they need to know at the time that they need to know it. To me, when I think about the data story, I really think about that ability of being able to provide the right data at the right time for the right appropriate action for the individual. I think the action component for the individual is most important and whether that's something that we're asking the consumer or member to do themselves or whether that's something that we're asking a member of their quote unquote care team to provide, understanding the outcome that that action had for the member and then being able to supply the right next suggestion, I think is the most important component of what we have to do. Yeah, I had somebody on my podcast who is from a provider organization, which also predominantly serves uh, Medicaid populations. And uh, the nature of the beast is such that you're working in a maybe a capitated model or, or some kind of a payment model that requires you to do as much as you can with a very fixed kind of a part of money, if you will. And that in some ways drives innovation because you know that you only have a limited set of resources and you have to be innovative to to serve your populations in a way that meets healthcare outcome needs, but also helps you make money and be financially healthy. Do you agree that working under a constraint like that actually makes you more innovative? And in that same way, what are the challenges, you know, the top one or two challenges that you face in your role as CDO in meeting those objectives, meeting your objectives? That's such a good question. I think that, yes, I am a, a genuine believer that innovation is born out of friction. 
And so necessity without question breeds innovation. And there is absolute necessity to innovate in the face of scarcity. And so when you have scarce resources, you are always thinking about how do you do more with less? How do you do best with what you have? And so I think that that is a constant focus. And honestly, it creates what I think is is a great responsibility just around fiscal responsibility and ensuring that we are helping to get the right resources to those most in need. And so I would say that that is absolutely one of the really wonderful opportunities that we have. And to your point, one of the pretty significant challenges. When I think about the challenge, I really think about it more as an opportunity to rise to the occasion, to be very honest. I think about it as an opportunity, again, to serve the entirety when we think about those innovative solutions. And when I think about sort of what constraints it might put on me specifically or the team that I have the great privilege of serving, uh, it's really about prioritization and focus. And so when you think about trying to innovate, there is often so much that you want to do and and so many things that you could do. I often say, right, most chief digital officers want to build flying cars. I want to build flying cars too. I do. I think it's a natural thing for many of us. But I think even more importantly, I want to ensure that we have a tarmac to take off from and we have solid footing and that we have rules and an understanding so that when we get to the air, everybody is safe and comfortable. And it actually does the thing that flying cars are supposed to do, which hopefully is, is get us there faster, safer, better. And so making sure that those foundational things are in place is really important and gives me an opportunity to really think about what those foundational things are, how important they are to have um, solidified, quite frankly, and in concrete, so that then we can think about what additional things do we really want to provide and what impact and value are they going to have on the healthcare continuum for that membership, and then create laser focus on executing in the best possible way for those very specific things and delivering that value. That's so well said. Well, we're coming up to the end of our time here, Anika. This has been fascinating. If there's one thing that you'd like to leave behind for your peers in the industry who are on similar journeys or operating in a resource-constrained environment, possibly in smaller organizations, of course, Centene is a very large organization, all things considered. What's your one piece of advice for those who are in similar roles in smaller organizations? Absolutely. I think my one piece of advice is is making sure that your uh, digital transformation strategy, your digital strategy, um, your technology strategy is centered around people, especially for those of you in healthcare. This is a a very, very human industry. And so I think of digital transformation very uh, specifically, and we actually are doing something tomorrow different than we did today because we created a thing. And so it's having real fundamental, important impact in delivering real significant value to people. And we are actually driving through the change that we need humans to make to take best advantage of it. And so again, being laser focused on ensuring that you are bringing people along your journey, I think would be the piece of advice that I would give. Fantastic. Well, Anika, we'll have to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and we'll be following your work. Thank you once again for sharing all of your insights. Thank you for having me. Once again, I'd like to thank our partners, BeWell, for their sponsorship and their support. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at with your feedback and questions. 